Well, good morning, church. How's everyone doing this morning? Good? It's good to see each of you here. And if you're our guest, I know we mentioned this just a moment ago, but if I haven't had a chance to meet you yet, um, my name is Aaron, and I am the lead pastor here at New Community Church. And we are so glad that you're joining with us. If this is your first time here at NCC, or if you're watching this later this week online for the first time, we just want to welcome you and let you know that we're glad that you're worshiping here with us this morning. And we are in our fourth and our final week of this series called Things Jesus Never Said. And we've been spending the past few weeks just kind of examining this of how many times we get thoughts in our mind or uh, maybe something we heard someone say, another Christian, maybe even something we heard at church. And we start to assume, well, well, that's in the Bible or Jesus said that at some point, but maybe that's not true. And so we're looking at that again of God, what is it that you actually said, Jesus, what do we find in scripture and how does that impact and how does that affect our life? And so we've been looking at a number of different ideas, um, from how God challenges us to forgive others and not hold a grudge. Um, Pastor Sarah talked about how even in our life um, that God is not okay with our sin. He loves us, but he's not okay with our sin. And so we've been tackling and kind of challenging some of these thoughts this morning. We're going to talk about this idea um, and this tendency that we have to judge others. And as I was thinking through this message, I remembered a sermon that I heard. It was on a podcast from a pastor that I listened to a few years back, and he was preaching on this same passage in the same topic. And he said, I got a call in the middle of the week to meet this young man at the office. And he said, I knew this guy, like um, he had a really great family. He was a business owner. And so he had a really great business. And he said, pastor, can we meet up on Saturday morning? And so he's like, yeah, we can. And so he's like, I pulled into the church parking lot. I saw the cars there. Um, I saw a car that I didn't know. He's like, I knew most of the others, you know, pastors and the cleaning crew getting ready for Sunday. And so I assume my appointment was there. And he walked in, and sure enough, the young man was there. And he said, as I'm walking through the parking lot, I peeked into this car because it was a super nice, like luxury kind of edition car. He said, it's fully loaded, all the bells and whistles. And he's like, I'd never been that close, so I kind of wanted to see this car. And he's like, so I head inside, and I start talking to this guy. And over the course of this conversation, when I ask, hey, why did you want to meet? He said, Pastor, I'm having financial trouble. And the pastor's like, I bet you are with that car payment. You know, he's thinking this in his mind. He doesn't say it out loud. And so he's like, we start to talk. And he said, you know, some business things fell through. And I'm pumping my personal finances into the business to kind of get us through this time. It's really difficult. I just need to know, like, any suggestions, any tips from the Bible? And he's like, I start to hint, like, do you have any large monthly payments? Like, any big things? Could you downsize in any way? So he's like, I'm trying to drop these subtle hints without just coming out and saying, like, how can you afford this big car payment? And so the guy's like, I can't really think of anything. Like, we, we tried to look at that. And so the pastor prays with him. And then the guy heads out, you know, at the door. And the pastor's grabbing some of his stuff. And he said, after about five or 10 minutes, I start to walk out the door. And the guy's still there. And he's like, hey, do you need to talk more? Like, what's going on? And he said, no, I'm waiting for my wife to, to come and pick me up. And he, he's like, I almost pointed at the car. I was like, hey, isn't your car here? And he's like, no, we only have one vehicle we sold our second car because, like I mentioned, you know, finances are just tight. And he's like, sure enough, as we're talking, his wife pulls up in this used minivan that's a number of years old. It's not really that nice. And the guy looks at him and says, Pastor, thank you so much just for spending some time with me, for encouraging. I love your heart. And he's like, I'm standing there like the biggest chump in the world. Because this whole time, I've been judging him and thinking, oh, this was his nice vehicle out there. And obviously, it was not. 
And he's like, man, we do that so many times in our life that we make these snap judgments or these snap decisions. We think we know what's going on in people's life or the circumstances that they're facing. And so many times we don't. We don't understand what's really happening inside of people's hearts and in their life. And so you've got that side of it where when we talk about judging others, we think about that moments where we failed or moments where we thought things about people and maybe we don't have the full picture, the full image, but we kind of jump to this quick conclusion. And then on the other side, when we talk about judging others, there are those of us possibly in this room in the same way that we just kind of throw up our hands about all of that of like, hey, well, the Bible says don't judge, right? Like the Bible says, don't judge other people. And so I know I'm a sinner, but you're not perfect either. So don't judge me. Or maybe there's people at your work. As soon as you start to talk to them or, or tell them um, that you go to church, hey, don't judge me. I don't go to church, but, but don't judge me. Like you're a Christian, you can't judge me. And, and so you've got kind of these two extremes that we struggle with whenever we talk about this. And we even sometimes think, well, Jesus said that, right? Like he tells us not to judge other people. And so we want to look at scripture And this morning, we want to look at a verse I think many times that we misunderstand and that we don't really get the context of what Christ is saying. And we want to look at what's the balance between both of those. What's the balance of us jumping to conclusions maybe that we shouldn't? And what's the balance of the other extreme where we just throw up our hands and say, well, don't tell me what to do, or you can't talk to me about my life because the Bible says to not judge other people. And so let's look at scripture. So if you have your Bibles, turn this morning to Matthew chapter 7. And we're going to start reading at verse 1. Um, and if you didn't bring a Bible with you, there is a blue Bible in the seat in front of you. And you can turn to page 474 or take out your smartphone and just Google Matthew chapter 7 and you'll get there. And I want to encourage you to follow along as we look at this scripture and to actually see the words that Jesus is saying here and because we want to better understand them. And as we've been talking about, this is the same passage we've been in. So Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7 are this continual sermon or message that Jesus is giving. So imagine Jesus in a setting like this, he's talking to people and he's giving them this instruction about, once again, how to live in right relationship with God and how to live in right relationship with those around us. And this is where we get to in this part of the message or the sermon in Matthew chapter seven, this is what Jesus says. Judge not that you be not judged for with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but you do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when there is a log in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye that you will see clearly, so that you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Now, once again, people kind of, just take the very first part of this, the very first few words, don't judge. And we kind of make a statement or we make an idea about, okay, that's how Christians are supposed to live. Like we're never called to um, examine or to challenge or to encourage each other in the way that we're living. And I do not believe that's what Jesus is saying. And as you start to look at this word, like judge, it probably has a little bit of a different connotation and meaning in that culture than we would have understood. Because when they use the word judgment, it really had this idea of condemnation or like an executioner, that you were the judge, jury, and the executioner in that situation. And that's what Jesus is cautioning against. What he's not doing that sometimes we mistakenly think is God's not saying, hey, never examine each other's lives. 
or that, hey, as Christians, that we would never challenge one another in the way that we're living or encourage one another or instruct one another. And so we have to find out, God, what did you really say? God wasn't making a blanket statement and Jesus wasn't, don't judge others. That's not what he's saying. But what he's saying is, hey, we need to think about some things and consider some things as we examine each other's lives, as we examine our own life. And so one of the first things that he starts with as we're examining um, each other's lives or as we're examining our life as well is, hey, be careful because in the way that you judge, that's how you're going to be judged. In the way that you judge others, that's how you're going to be judged. Jesus is in a setting like this, and he's talking to people that are just like us, some that are married, some that are single, some that have kids, some that don't, those with jobs, some that were students and that were still studying. And also he's speaking to religious leaders that if you've read through the gospels, you may have heard or come across that term of Pharisee or scribes or lawyers. And he's talking to them as well, because these were people that were very condemning of others. And all throughout scripture, God was talking to his people and instructing them about, once again, how they live in right relationship with him, how they live in right relationship with others. But these Pharisees and these scribes felt like they were on the inside and everyone else was on the outside. They knew what God wanted and everyone else was kind of like hated by God, or at least God didn't really love them as much as God loved the religious leaders. That's what they felt like. And so this was kind of the mindset that they had. And so when God gave one command, the religious leaders gave about 50 others. And God would say one thing like, hey, you need to be careful in interacting with others. And the religious leaders would say, hey, this is really what God meant, this, 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 this. And they'd create this entire long list of traditions, of kind of ceremonies that people had to go through, all of these things. And Jesus was saying, hey, can you even live up to that standard? Like what you're putting upon other people, your, your way of living, kind of this thought like, can you even uphold this in and of yourself? And that's what he's reminding us of. Hey, before we jump to these kind of quick snap judgments, we need to carefully examine our own life. Like, is that how we want to be judged? Is that the standard that we want to be held to and what we want to, to be, have our own lives examined with? And so God tells us, hey, we've got to be cautious about this whenever we look at this, because if we're not careful... We can begin to hold people to our personal preferences and our opinions and not actually what's found in the word of God. Sometimes we can look at other people's lives and judge them based off of their mistakes or what they're doing. And once again, we're looking at what we think it should be like and not what Jesus actually says the standard is. And we've got to be careful that we're not holding people to our personal opinions. As I was thinking about this, some of you guys that, um, that know me well you know that I have food loss. And if you're sitting there thinking, Aaron, what are food loss? I'm so glad you asked. Let me explain these to you, okay? I have ways that I eat food and that I think food should be eaten that I, I kind of believe everyone should follow these, okay? So let me give you some of these. Salty and sweet things are not to be eaten together, okay? I want you guys to hear this this morning, okay? If you're putting M&Ms in your popcorn, you're doing this wrong, okay? Or M&Ms in your salty trail mix, you're, doing, you're confusing your taste buds. Your mouth doesn't know what's going on, okay? So, so I have this rule, salty and sweet foods, they don't go together. I have another rule that certain foods should not touch each other, okay? So if you want to know what my plate looks like at Thanksgiving and Christmas, this is my plate, okay? 
And it kind of goes back to that first rule. I don't want my cranberries getting in with my mashed potatoes, okay? I don't want my gravy flowing into my corn. Like food needs to be separated from each other. And so my family laughs because sometimes I will eat like a salad and then I'll go to the kitchen. I will hand wash my plate. I'll dry it and then I'll come back and then I'll put the pasta on there, right? Because I don't want things touching. This this is part of my food laws that I have, okay? Um, Another one that I have is food is intended to be used as it was specified, okay? Let me explain what, that, what I mean by that. On the bottle of ranch, it says salad dressing. They put that on there because they knew some of you guys would get confused, okay? Where does this go? It goes on salad. But some of you, you're dipping fries, chicken nuggets, pizza. Yeah. The pizza's saying, don't drown me. I taste delicious on my own, okay? I don't need ranch, just eat the pizza, okay? And so that's why they give these instructions. My wife hates these rules, you guys. She says, Aaron, you're a picky eater. And I tell her, no, I have a very refined palate, okay? I have a refined palate. That's what this is. And so I've tried to impart this to my kids. They don't always get it, okay? But I'm trying to teach them this is how we're to eat our food. And I know all of that, it sounds funny, and it is, because it would be odd if I were actually condemning or judging other people based off of those food laws. And yet some of us, That's how we treat others. We're really judging and condemning others based off of our personal preference. And that's the heart at what Jesus is getting to is you're not the standard and I'm not the standard. Okay, we don't get to make that final decision. Jesus is and his word is. And so he's saying, hey, you better be careful at what way you're judging people Because you know what? I don't want to be held to your personal preferences and opinions. And I promise you don't want to be held to my personal opinions and my preferences. And so he's saying, hey, be careful in your heart that you're not judging people based off of that. Because the standard that all of us are striving for is what scripture tells us, what God has said, the life of Christ. That's what we're trying to live up to, not each other's personal standards or preferences. And so this is what Jesus is challenging the Pharisees with. If Hey, you've got to examine your heart. You've got to look at what's going in on the inside. And he's saying that be careful how you judge because that is how you will be judged. Be careful how you um, start to make opinions about other people because that's how your life is going to be judged. That's the standard that you're going to be held to. And so I think it's vitally important that as we're interacting with other people, and scripture does challenge us with this, that that we would examine our lives and that we would even look at others that are around us and we would be able to encourage and challenge them that we're making sure that we're not making those those, um, judgments or those thoughts based off of our own personal preferences. And so those questions that we may need to stop and ask ourselves is, God, is this really in your word? Like if if I feel led to kind of challenge someone or to encourage someone? Is this just my personal opinion? Is this like what I think should happen? Or God, is this scripture? Like this is what your word says, Lord. And so I'm challenging them and and I'm holding them to that. And and that's what I want to see their life be like. And so we've got to stop and ask ourselves, hey, what's going on? Am I, is the goal of this like condemnation? Is that what I'm trying to do? Or God, where's my heart at in all of this, Lord? What are you challenging me with? And So that's where he starts as we encourage, as we look at others. He says this, he goes on, and the measure that you use, it will be measured to you. So he's saying, hey, as you're in leadership of over people or as you have influence over other people, you need to look at how you're divvying out 
that maybe what may be national, natural consequences or those type of things. Like, how are you measuring that out? Because that's how it's going to be measured back to you. And so once again, it's that reminder of you guys at the end of all of this, you're not going to be sitting on the throne. I'm not going to be sitting on God's throne. You're not going to answer to me and I'm not going to answer to you that Jesus is the one. He is the judge and the final authority. That's who God is. And we need to look at scripture and see how he lives this out. And as he is examining and challenging other people and even correcting other people, because we see that in the gospels, that Jesus is direct at times and he's correcting others. How does he do that? How does Jesus measure this out, this correction and this instruction that he gives? And is that how we're living with one another? Is that how we're looking at our life with the grace and love that he gives out? Is that what we're doing? In John chapter eight, we see a picture of this where there are these religious leaders that bring this woman that is caught in the act of adultery. You may be familiar with this story. And so she's dragged from whatever situation she's in and the religious leaders are holding large stones in their hand. They're ready to kill this lady. And they're saying, Jesus, we caught her in the middle of a sexually immoral act and we feel like that she should die. That's what should happen in this moment. And Jesus said, okay, the person that's without sin, go ahead and throw the first stone. And so one by one, they begin to drop the rocks that they're holding in their hand and they walk away. And Jesus looks at her and he says, where are those that condemn you? And she said, they're gone. They're not here. And he says, I don't condemn you either. Go and sin no more. Go and sin no more. And so how does Jesus handle those moments of correction and instruction? Well, he doesn't condemn that lady but he also doesn't just kind of brush over her sin and say, hey, not a big deal. If you were here week two, you remember that. We talked about God never said, hey, I love you, so I'm okay with your sin. That's not what Jesus does. But he challenges her. Hey, this is not the best way to live your life. And so I wanna encourage you, go and sin no more. Don't keep doing this. This is gonna damage your relationships. This is not how God designed you to live. That's what Jesus is saying. That's at the heart of what he's talking about. Go and sin no more. He doesn't just brush over it. He doesn't just ignore it. He challenges her. God has something more for your life. Don't keep living like this. Choose to live differently. Go and sin no more. And so our lives, in the same way, we've gotta look at, hey, how are we measuring out that instruction? How do we measure out that correction? Are we like Jesus? We're not condemning. We're not trying to execute people. We're not judging, but we do. We take moments and we challenge others to live as God has called them to live. We need the balance of both of those. You guys, it's not one. It's not throwing up our hands and saying, hey, don't judge me. It's not the others of jumping to kind of quick conclusions. It's, it's that grace that Jesus brings so beautifully and the truth that he brings alongside of that that while he doesn't condemn, he speaks the truth of God's word and what God wants for our life and how God has designed us to live. And that's how we're called to measure this out. And if I can just be honest, as I was working through this message, I just thought, man, probably the biggest challenge in my life is as a parent. Like it's easy at moments to get frustrated with my kids when they're doing things that I know they shouldn't be doing. And I know my kids probably hate this, but I sit down and I have these long conversations with them. And the heart of that is to remind them, hey, this isn't punishment. Like, that's not what I'm trying to do. And I'm not trying to frustrate you because you frustrated me. 
Like, I want you to know there are natural consequences in the world around us. And so I want to be that boundary and I want to be that safeguard in your life. And so we have detailed conversations. You can ask my kids. And I know it's hard for them, but I want them to know, like, that's not the heart. It's just to correct you so that you've kind of lost something, you've lost some privileges, or you've gotten some consequences. Like, the heart of that is I want you to live the best possible life that you can live. I don't want you to grow up and face other consequences that are even more devastating. And so, man, as we're instructing other people, it could be in your workplace. Maybe you're a manager. Maybe you're a boss. We need to stop and examine our hearts of God. How am I measuring out that correction? How am I measuring out that instruction? Is it the way that I would want to receive it personally in my life? Like, am I examining it in that way? And so God challenges us. He goes on to say this. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye? but you don't notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when there is a log in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. And I think this is the part where Jesus kind of hits everyone in the room to say, hey, we all have things in our life, maybe that we don't see, but that are disconnecting us or distancing us from other people. And just like there may be in this room, or, or I'm sure there was on the side of that mountain that Jesus was teaching on, there were people that thought, man, I wish my husband or my wife was here today. There may be those of you that are, are thinking that, man, I wish so-and-so was here because they're so judgmental, or they always say that, don't judge me. Man, I wish they could hear this message, or I wish I could burn this still on a, on a DVD and put this on their desk and say, watch this, because they need to hear that. And Jesus is saying, no, this isn't for your neighbor is it for your family member? This is for you. You need to stop and examine your own life. You need to look inside of your own heart first because there may be something going on inside of you. And Jesus didn't make this broad statement of don't judge others. But what he does say is as you're examining each other's life, he said, before correcting others, examine your own life first. You need to look at what's going on inside of you. Before you jump to a quick conclusion, before you make this kind of blanket statement, what's happening inside of your own heart? Is there something that you need to deal with inside of yourself? How many times have we heard others say, or maybe you've done this, of you're in the office and you're like, hey, well, look out for that person. Man, because anytime they come out of a meeting or anytime they know anything, man, they are the biggest gossip. They're always telling other people, like, don't tell them a secret because they're just going to spread it around the office. And what are you doing in that moment? You're gossiping. The very thing that you're warning other people to do, you're doing that in that moment. Like you're participating in that. And maybe your heart is in the right place. Maybe I'm just trying to give advice. I'm just trying to make sure you protect yourself. You're gossiping in that same moment. And Jesus says, hey, are you even looking at your own life? Because you need to be careful. How quickly are we able to identify addictions and struggles and sin in other people's life? And how often do we miss it in our own? It's easy to point that out. God, you need to work in that person's life. Man, they need to deal with that. They need to, to get that right. And yet so many times we're missing what's going on in our own heart and in our own life. And Jesus says, hey, you gotta be careful. Have you even examined your own heart and your own life? And this is the picture that God gives us of this. And it's kind of comedic what Jesus says is, imagine you're walking around with a log in your eye, Okay. So just imagine this, right? Doesn't this look absurd? Okay, so I want you to think about this. This is what's going on. And um, 
Jeffrey, can you help me real quick? Can you stand up? Okay. So if I'm talking to Jeffrey, right, and we're having this conversation here, and I notice, um, Jeffrey, you got a little breakfast in your mustache, okay? And so I'm going to try to get close to him, and I, this messes up my depth perception right here, right? Okay, so, but I'm going to try to, can I help him and like brush that off of his face, right? No, I'm going to end up hitting him in the face with this, right? Okay, so give him a hand. Thank you so much for helping us. That's what Jesus says many of us are walking around like. We think we can get close enough to people to help them out, and we can't because this is in our way. And Jesus says, you're so quick to see what's going on with everyone else around you, but you haven't dealt with this first. And Jesus said, you need to stop, and you need to examine your own heart and your own life. You need to look inside of your heart and say, God, is there anything that's keeping me from really reaching out, from really helping someone else? Is it sin? Is it an addiction? Is it gossip? Is it jealousy? Lord, what am I so quick to point out in someone else's life? Like, hey, you've got that going on, and yet I can't even see clearly. I don't even really know what's happening because this is blocking my vision. And that's what Jesus says. This looks absurd, and you look absurd when you're trying to walk up to other people. Let me help you, and this is in your way. And Jesus says, hey, don't just jump to a quick conclusion. Don't start to judge others. Stop and examine your own heart. Examine your own life first, because as you start to deal with this, what's going on in your heart and your life, then you're going to see clearly. Then it's going to be easier to help someone else then it's going to be easier to minister to someone else's needs and what's going on in their life. But he's like, first, you have to examine your own heart and your own life to say, God, is there anything in the way? And then there's one last part of this passage that we rarely talk about, but I want to share with you this morning. This is in the same section here. Jesus says this, do not give dogs what is holy. This is Matthew chapter seven, verse six. Do not give dogs what is holy, Do not throw your pearls before pigs, lest they trample them underfoot and turn to attack you. And you read that, that's a proverb that Jesus is quoting. And it seems kind of odd, like, Jesus, what does that have to do with kind of balance of of don't judge anyone and, hey, we need to examine each other's, like, how do we do that? And what does this have to do with throwing pearls in front of pigs or something holy in front of dogs? And what Jesus is saying is, hey, before we start to correct or instruct others, we may need to ask if they actually want help. We may need to take a second and start to think about, hey, do they want to change? And I know we don't think about that. For some of us, we're so quick. As soon as we see something that's wrong, we want to vocalize it. Like we just want to blurt it out. Like, hey, that's messed up in your life. Do you know that? Like, do you know what's going on there? Do you see where that's taking you? And Jesus says, hey, we need to be led by God's spirit. Because you may come across people and they don't want to change. And all you're going to do is stir up an argument. They're going to turn around and attack you. Why? Because they don't want truth. And they don't want to be different. And it's sad, but there are people in our world that are like that, that don't want to change. And so I want to encourage you because there are moments where we're called as Christians to help other people, to speak the truth in love, just like we see Jesus doing in the gospels, like we see him living out. But then there may be moments where God's spirit is saying, hey, that's not gonna be constructive. Like you don't wanna go down that path. 
And there are, there are people in my life that I'm praying for, that I love, but I know, hey, right now, they're not in a place where they want to receive help. They're not in a place where they want to know the truth. And to engage in a conversation, it's just gonna blow up into an argument and it's not gonna be constructive. And so Jesus gives this kind of wisdom. And this is what he says is, hey, this is not a blanket statement that just says, don't judge anyone. But what he's saying is, where's your heart at? Are you trying to condemn others? Like, are you trying to divvy out some punishment? Because that's not your place. That's not who God has called you to be. You need to look at your heart and make sure that you're not holding people to your personal preferences or to your opinion, but that as we look at our life and others' lives, that we're looking at God's word. That's the standard. And then he goes on to say, hey, even before we want to help others, that we make sure that there's not something blocking that in our life and in our heart, that we've removed those things from our life to actually be able to serve and instruct and even correct others at times. And so I want to pray for us this morning, church, and I'm going to ask if you would take a moment and just bow your head and close your eyes and just examine your heart. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but maybe you're here this morning and you're saying, God, I see that. I'm quick to judge others. And Lord, it may be more by my thoughts and my standards than really by your word. And I need help with that. And for others of you, maybe there's something in your life that, that's holding you back from really helping others and really being able to instruct and serve others. And Jesus is saying, hey, I'm wanting to remove that, wanting to take that this morning. And so I'm gonna lead out in prayer, but just in your own words, would you have a conversation with Jesus this morning and ask him to deal with those parts of our heart and our life. So Lord, we come before you, God, and I thank you just for this reminder. God, we're broken people and you know us so well, God. Sometimes we're quick to judge others and we don't have all the facts or we don't know what's going on in their life and we kind of make these snap conclusions, Lord, and that's not who you've called us to be. And so, Jesus, we see you live this out so perfectly. Help us to extend grace and love and at the same time, God, being able to bring truth. Lord, help us to look at our life and make sure that we're not holding people, God, to our own personal preferences, God, but to your standard and to what you say. God, help us to remove those things from our life and from our heart, God, that are blocking us from connecting with others. Lord, we want to be a beautiful picture of your grace and your love, God, in your truth so that we can serve God and we can encourage and we can even challenge those around us that you've placed in our life. Lord, help us to be this kind of church. We pray this in your name, Lord. Amen.